aka Brother Soap, welcoming you to the 14th episode of the British Soap Podcast. Like Kat and Kim, onto free booze at the Queen Vic. <laughs> Let's jump this thing off with the woman who I just told has been my girlfriend for weeks. <laughs> Miss Lindsay, how you doing, girlfriend, for weeks? <laughs> I've, been, I've been doing pretty good. How about you? <laughs> well, that depends on how much you liked the the purse that I, I got for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sad. Oh, my goodness, yes. And I, I promise there will be no sexual assault uh, on this podcast. First of all, I'm gay. You do not have to worry about that. Second of all, I'm a man that respects boundaries because his mama raised him right. So there is no inappropriate touching that will ever be going on from this person. So you do not need to fear. I'm just letting you know in advance. So you will not join the ranks of uh, Linda Carter, Alicia Gallagher, uh, Lisa Dingle, who was raped, I was reminded of this week. John Paul McQueen, Carla Connor. Who else has been raped? <laughs> Baby, these soaps are not safe. I, I, I would not want to be living in any of those places. Oh my God. So much rape. Oh, and what are the other copycat storylines? It's not just the rape, it's the drugs. Steve is on drugs on Hollyoaks. John Paul is doing coke on Hollyoaks. Lucy is doing coke on EastEnders. Debbie is selling drugs on Everdale. Uh, Ryan, uh, that Steve's girlfriend's son, did coke. Everybody doing coke. Everybody getting raped. eating disorders. Oh, yeah. yes. That- Jason got an eating disorder. Priya got an eating disorder. Uh, wait a minute. Hold on. No, that's not what I meant. What? what you there's meant? the friend. On uh, Hollyoaks, there's the friend who did something stupid and then died because of it. Yes. It's an exact copycat of, of what Hannah. happened y- yes. eight years ago. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yes. It was... Uh, uh, Jason Melissa and, and yes, Jason and Leon was his name. What was his name? Yeah, it was Leon. Jason and Leon. Yeah, it was a straight copycat. I'm like, ooh, that is a hot mess. <laughs> they ain't even trying to be original, baby. <laughs> I was gonna say, wasn't it him who did that storyline? Yes. <laughs> yes, and I put on a Tumblr. I did a post that says, wait, so. Holly Oates killed off Jason's friends Leon, who had an eating disorder, like they killed off Hannah's friend Melissa, who had an eating disorder. Copycat but, but Week the, continues. The, the the only the only difference between that one and Leon though is I don't think Melissa was eating fat burners at the same time of not eating. So that's the only real difference. But it's the exact same thing. Yes, and let's keep it going. Here's the other uh, copycatting that was on my nerves. All the assisted suicide. Jackson died via assisted suicide. Pauline died via assisted suicide. Ellie died via assisted suicide. Stan wants to die. Oh, it's just like, uh, 
It's so much copycat going on. And it's all not good. Like, I will give Emmerdale a pass because the way they played Alicia and her aftermath was perfection. But I'm mm-hmm. so tired of seeing the same story. I don't need to see another assisted suicide, drug storyline, rape storyline. I think I said on Tumblr for the next five years. Let's make it 15. Can we get 15 years of originality from the soaps? Yeah, right. <laughs> that was a thing. Hey, everybody. Let's, let's, uh, let's do a uh, UK version of Merlena getting possessed by the devil. You know what? Yeah, I, I would remember rather that. See that. I would <laughs> rather see that than anything involving Robert. To be oh, yeah, me too. Jesus. I kind of tried to fast forward and I, I was very glad that there was little to no Rob Ron this past couple weeks. <laughs> Did you see that Emmerdale had the nerve, the gall, the intestinal fortitude to <laughs> ask people on Twitter, should Aaron and Robert be together? No. Child, yes. That was like a hundred tweets in response to that bullshit. Ninety-nine of them was, oh my God, yes, Rob Ron is everything. Rob Ron is life. And you know I had to jump in. So I was like, so you want to know if Aaron should be with the man who killed his mother's best friend and who Kate Oates said might kill his baba? This is not a serious question, Emmerdale. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Because it, it was annoying me. Everybody else was all, Squee, of course they should be together. Oh. What is wrong with them being together? <laughs> I'm like, hey, Jesus I would be all for seeing somebody else, but I can't take them, and I was so extremely happy that you only got like three seconds of them this past couple weeks. Agreed. I mean, I mean, like you saw them separately, but you saw them together for like two minutes, and that was the only time you saw them. And I was okay with that. I need all of their future screen time to go directly to Finn and Darren all of their future screen time so they can just never be referenced they can be like those kids on sitcoms that go upstairs and they're never heard from again Aaron and Robert and just come vanish back, and they come back a year later 20 years older <laughs> they don't even need to come back Aaron and Robert can just vanish and then Finn and Darren can be the toast and Paul too he can be in there too they can be the toast of Emmerdale <laughs> that would make me very happy <laughs> shucks all right, Dollar Will, we have got some questions to start us off here. And uh, we have our first question from our girl, Misty, who is Miss Purple Hair's secret lair on Tumblr. That ain't a real name, y'all. Me and her worked together to come up with a code name we was cool with because I was tired of calling the Purple Hair secret lair. So, hey, Misty, hey, hit girl. <laughs> That's our girl. Um, She had a question about Emmerdale. And what, I will just read her statement the entire way she wrote it. So she writes, 
What is Chrissy's characterization even meant to be? So far, all she does is believe men who lie badly to her. She worries about Lachlan, but doesn't do much about it. And she constantly checks up on and tests Robert, and then insists she trusts him. I don't even know if her reaction right now is well written or not, because I don't know who she's meant to be. If this was Corey, she'd have chickens and I'd understand her better. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> and when I got she the question... She has a good point, though. I mean, she does. When I got the question, I hadn't seen Emmerdale yet. But now that I've seen it, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, you take it first, baby. I, you know Chrissy is our girl. What are your thoughts on what the hell her characterization is supposed to be? I don't really think she has one. I mean, she did when she first came on the show. And they kind of pulled the Hollyoaks with her a bit, I I feel, and, like, dumbed her down to the point of, remember when I liked you? <laughs> because two weeks ago, I thought she was, you know, awesome, and she was pulling out all the stops and everything, and it was just like, hey, she's doing awesome. And then it's just like, what the hell did you do to my Chrissy? <laughs> But she doesn't really have a, she doesn't really have a set place. Well, you, if that makes sense, like she has different personalities with everyone she talks to. She could talk to Robert and just say me 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 me, and then she could talk to Lachlan like he he was just oh you didn't do anything wrong. And all this nonsense, and I think it's more of an in-her-head thing. Like, like she doesn't, she herself doesn't know what her characterization is, so she portrays it that way, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it seems like Emmerdale has her focused on being the dumb mother who believes her child at all costs in spite of a preponderance of the evidence. I'm basically saying she's Shirley Carter Light. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. saying. Because the killer to me is now, Chrissy and Lawrence know this fool has been accused of acting inappropriately with another girl. And they are trying to cover up that reality because they know if the town finds out about it, they will realize that he's guilty. So since she already knows this is a mother. I would expect her to at least be honest with herself in thinking that Lachlan could have done it. Mm-hmm. I think in the I think in like the first episode of Thursday, she kind of started feeling that sort of thing. Like she asked Lawrence if she was a good mother or not because she was freaking out looking at her iPad with all her iPad with all the pictures in it and everything and just like grasping the fact that he could have actually done such a thing. Yeah. But at the same time Lawrence is kinda like saying, Hey, you are a good mom. He's just a little 
No. And yes, it looked like she was having an epiphany, and then she went with, "I know who to blame. It was her." She turned into in the wheel yeah. savage from Hollyoaks. It was her. Alicia pushed me off that roof. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, Chrissy." <laughs> I mean, like, she was having that moment of, oh, my God, he could have actually done this. And then she goes, it was her. I'm like, it was not her. (laughs) Just like it wasn't the last girl. Just like it wasn't the girl before that. Because I think they said there's been at least three. So, you know, yeah, I need Chrissy to not be stupid because it's too early in her development for her to be this stupid. I understand Mm -hmm. that mothers are dumbasses for their children sometimes but it was it was too much for me to be fair though Chrissy has been pretty when Robert's around her she's dumber than a box of rocks when she's by herself she has something there that makes it feisty and awesome to watch like when she was with uh What's their face? Dead chick Katie there when they were on their stakeout to find Aaron and Robert. She was cool then until she figured out that Robert was there for a or he his retreat got canceled, so I planned a room and then she got all dumb again. I'm like no characters should not be back and forth like that. Oh, I'm gonna be so I'm going to be so smart and intelligent when my husband's not around. And then as soon as her kid gets into trouble or Robert's just in the room, she turns into, like, this blank slate of dumb. Yeah. (laughs) It is not cute. Not cute at all. Oh, goodness. All right, well, we have one more question from our other homegirl, Lauren, Miss Hiddles and Bowties. Now, she's talking about uh, EastEnders, and what she wrote was, uh, I'm glad you guys liked the uh, Lucy Beale reveal. I loved it. Uh, I thought it was a very original direction to take the story in. I agree, by the way, Lauren. (laughs) And uh, so she said she was wondering, is it just me? Or are you not liking this whole did Mick kill Dean thing? I don't know. I'm finding it a bit boring, and I just want Dean to go to prison already. And I will start by saying, I sent this to you in response. I said on the show, I want Dean's ass in jail yesterday. And I would feel so much better about this storyline if it was done. I don't care if he's dead. I don't care if if he's if he's dead, fine, he deserved it. Let us know. Let's move on with story. If he's alive, fine, let him be revealed. Then let his ass get punishment for the rape. That's all I can. I, yeah, I, I, I could do without it. <laughs> I could do without it. What do you think, Boo? <laughs> yeah, see, I feel like if he's dead, then there's absolutely no purpose to the storyline whatsoever. I I feel like I know that, you know, Mick was all evil and, oh, my God, I'm going to, you know, kill him for doing what he did and everything. But if he was dead, then no service would have been done. 
except for the fact that the only reason he did that wasn't because Linda was there. It was because he was protecting Nancy. And that's why I was kind of irritated. And if he's dead, it's because of Nancy and not because of Linda, even though Nancy's being awesome. But I would feel better if he got jail time and was alive than if he was dead because Nancy smacked a chair over his back and he crushed his one pipe. That would just be absolutely pointless to me. <laughs> I feel I feel he should he should rather get the jail time than be dead. <laughs> Agreed. It would be more it would be more impactful for Linda to know that he's safely locked away in jail. Well, safely in quotes, locked away in jail instead of, oh, hey, he's missing? He could come back at any time. Yawn. <laughs> yeah, so, so to be honest, I don't want Dean dead. I want him thrown in jail. <laughs> so that's two jails up, baby. We want him right next door to Doc Cotton so she could kill him too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, darling, so we are going to start things off in the cobbles, or on the cobbles of Coronation Street. Miss Lindsay, let's start with you. What did Corey do to make you say, what the hell, Todd? I I know I said I wouldn't mention any of this stuff, but bringing ugly ass Gavin onto the scene, I I, I was like, dude, they went through all the trouble of building up this guy to fake everything out so that he came off as Gavin, and then they bring this really unattractive guy. He's not even cute. And and poor, uh, and poor, uh, oh, God, Steph is terrified. Oh, my God, I had to drink tea with this guy. And, and oh, God, it was, it was just so out of, it was so weirdly placed. It, it's like they did it on purpose. Well, they obviously did it on purpose, but they, I feel like this whole Gavin thing is just going to be a filler thing so that what's his face there can say, guess what? This is Gavin. I'm not. Me and Steph are together. Woo hoo. I, I just, I just can't. <laughs> All right. And since I have not seen Gavin, yet. <laughs> I will withhold my thoughts on that. I will say I'm not at all happy that after all this time, he's just being brought back to be killed off. I think that's completely dumb, but I, whatever. Uh, I'm I'm going to laugh if it's because of a, of a heart condition. Because, uh, <laughs> no, you seriously. know what? I didn't one even the, think about the, that. That is such a good the, point. One of the things that... Uh, I know you're going to end up seeing this later, but one of the things that, uh, what's his face? I don't even remember his real name right now. Gavin Light. Andy. Andy. 
Andy, tell him, your dad has a heart condition. You need to go get yourself checked out. Flat out says it. So if he dies of a heart condition, I will laugh my ass off. Ooh, and that's probably exactly what's going to happen. I did not even think about it, baby, but you are right. So I guess if he's that goddamn annoying, I'm probably going to be ready to see him go. But Oh, God. You know. He's annoying. Oh. oh, dear. He's not even worth it. Okay. He's not even worth bringing on just to kill off. He was just... Oh. <laughs> All right. Okay, baby, well, for my, uh, what the hell, oh, what the hell is Ava's ass, okay? (laughs) Now, Ava schemed with Tony behind Jason's back and then was shocked that he thought she was having an affair. Now... I know all this was done because the actress is pregnant in real life and they had to figure out some kind of way to write her out. I understand that. But the way they had her acting so shocked at Oh, and very overly done. Oh, my God. How could you think that I was having an affair, Jason? It's almost as if... Me and your dad were keeping a secret behind you. But I mean, <laughs> who finds out that a known cheetah is messing around with a girlfriend and thinks, oh, they must be scheming the plot to buy a house for me. Cool. <laughs> I was just like, you know. Now, I will give Coronation Street this because they had people point out to her how ridiculous that she was being, especially when... So Jason goes to her, begs her for another chance, even though Todd is still trying for some unknown reason to break them up. Stupid. Mm-hmm. But he goes to the heifer and tells her, hey, look, you know, I got you these tickets to New York. Really want to go. Sorry about what happened. Blah, blah, blah. And she tells him, it's over, Jason. It's over. It's over. It's so over. Get out of the apartment. It's over. Then in the next scene, her sister comes by to visit. She crying and shit. Her <laughs> sister is like, why are you crying? And Ava's all, Jason isn't here begging me to come back. And her sister's like, didn't you tell him you didn't want him? Yes, but I still want him to be over here begging for me to take me back. I'm just like, oh, Jesus Christ. If you tell a man you are uninterested, some man going to listen to you. They ain't going to be having time for you. All the mixed messages. I don't want you, but I want you to beg for me. And, you know, and Corey did point out how ridiculous it was, but I was just like, girl. Girl. And then, and then, he, and then she has the audacity to go over to his house, say, I'm not going to New York today or with you. I'm going to go to see my nan <laughs> because that couldn't be sent via text message you couldn't have yeah I was going to say you couldn't have just left and say sorry I went to France take somebody else to you with New- to New York hello <laughs> it was just compl- I was done with it baby I was so over and through with it and I need to know what the fuck Todd is doing I need to know why Todd is doing this this makes no sense He's walking around looking like a fucking psycho. This 
Don't worry, mother. I will protect you and Jason. I'm like, okay, Norman Bates, calm the fuck down. What the fuck is wrong with you right now? He's, I don't get this. This is, this, he, now he's, uh, Lachlan. Now he's just acting weird. Next thing you know, he gonna be tattooing, getting tattoos on his arms and fingering people. I'm just like, what are you doing? He's so weird. It makes no sense. You know, and Corey said months ago, the scar was supposed to, they were gonna get down to the root of why Todd was acting insane when he got his scar, with the scar story. Dang, getting to the root of shit. He just being a messy queen for no goddamn reason. And it's exactly like Sean said, you give us queens a bad name. Mm-hmm. Up here fucking with Ava and Jake. Oh, girl. I'm so over that motherfucker. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my what the hell, baby. <laughs> Shit. All right, what about scene of the week? What did Corey do to make you happy? <laughs> I loved Rita's return. And her seeing Jenny Bradley for the first time in a god's age. And then all of them piling into old dude's apartment there. Uh, what's their faces, dad there? I can't even think of their name. Maddie. Maddie. Or not Maddie. The other one. Yes. Sophie. Maddie, Sophie. <laughs> and that's Kevin Webster's place. Kevin. That's it. <laughs> just barges in and then the next thing you know all the old folk are piling in behind her you they don't know how to shut their faces you guys can all leave and they all just stand there I'm like Rita just push them out <laughs> but, but, but I, I like the fact that they brought Rita back on her birthday just in time to meet somebody that she hates with a passion in her heart and she freaks out and she's like oh I'm just gonna sit and smile at you and then bitch about you behind your back (laughs) and then at the store when she gave her money to start paying her back and she ripped it up and Sophie takes her to the bar and it's just like hey Rita wins that life on this show this week good for her her drunk ass (laughs) talking about some there's been something I've been wanting to tell you, Tim. The streaks. The streaks <laughs> on the window, Tim. It's so bad. I'm only telling you this because I'm a little drunk. <laughs> seriously, seriously, though. I, I, there is something about that woman that just makes me smile. Maybe it's because she knows how to shut Norris up. When she was when she was gone for the past few weeks and Norris just wouldn't shut up, I just wanted to punch him in the face. But she comes back and she says, Norris, go shut up. And he does. I'm like <laughs> There was clapping then. He <laughs> <laughs> know not to fuck with Rita. Oh my goodness. Well, I thought it was cute that Michael and Gail were, of course, we're going to talk about my couple, Michael and Gail. They were working on their wedding vows. And I liked the scene with him and uh, Gavin Will Hackett when he was like, I'm going to, I'm just going to tell her, you know, I love you and adore you and I'll help with the washing up. You can't tell her nothing about no washing up, man. This is your wedding. Okay. You can't say infatuated. That makes you sound like a star. 
<laughs> and which which Will Hackett knows all about, doesn't he? Oh, wow. <laughs> I wanted him to say at that moment. I know, I did it. <laughs> I'm always thinking about that fool. When Linda or Easton just talked about slamming her, slamming Lee's hand or Johnny's hand in the car door, I was like, you didn't do that, girl. That was Will Hackett. He possessed you. Hollyoaks Village. Miss Lindsay, break it down for us. What did Hollyoaks do to make you say, what the hell? There was too much Lindsay, Freddie, JJ, Joe drama that happened. And I I remembered when I was all for Lindsay and Freddie getting together. I was all for it. And I thought it was fantastic. And now they are just unbelievably horrible, and I can't take them anymore, and they don't have that annoying painting anymore, so I can sit and giggle at them, and they, and, and I was so glad that Joe followed Kim to that hot dog place, and he, and Joe took JJ back, because it's, they're just, I, I just can't deal with them right now. I can deal with Joe and Nancy all day. Joe and Nancy can do whatever the hell they want. But but Joe needs to get out of Lindsay and Freddie's orbit now because they're just gonna do terrible, terrible things. <laughs> Ask me how much of uh, Freddie and Lindsay's storyline I fast forward to pass. All of it, like Joe I did. did. Uh-huh, Joe did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The only reason I know what you're talking about on the the hot dog thing is because I think I I happened to catch it. I was trying to get the next scene, and I caught Joe saying something like, surprise. I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on here, but next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, I ain't got time for it. You know, I've decided when shows decide to start making characters that I like act stupid, I'm just not going to watch. I'm going to keep the memory of them in smarter times in my brain. I'm just going to fast forward past their bullshit. It makes it an easier watch all around. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my god, shit. And, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Normally I would have went with Maxine and Patrick sleeping together for no reason, but I think that the Lindsay and Freddie stuff was more taxing. Yes, well, I feel like both of those would have been taxing if I chose to watch either of them. I did not, but they both are highly deserving, especially, I think, the latter. Highly deserving of what the hell. But I've trashed Patrick and Maxine on here enough. I'm over them. I don't care what they do. They can get married again. They can renew their vow. I don't care because the story has lost all impact for me. Fuck it. The bullshit that I will talk about instead of Patrick and Maxine that I still halfway care enough about to clown is John Paul McQueen. Oh, for James God. Sutton. I'm trying to find the joy, James Sutton. You'd have told me to find the joy at the wrong time, goddammit. How you gonna have me finding the joy in the fact that John Paul can't even make time to sit down and listen to Steve ask him can we talk about my diagnosis with the kids? John Paul just busts out with some. Our lives don't revolve around HIV. Really? Really? 
Okay, I'm like, okay, are we breaking news here? So hold on now. So not only are you a husband of an HIV positive man that you vow to love and cherish and support in sickness and in health, but immediately after giving him an It Gets Better sermon about HIV, you couldn't kiss him. But you could go and kiss on a student of yours in the club, which you ain't told your husband about. Okay, so not only have you you the guy that cheated on your man, you know, aren't being supportive of your man, then Steve asks a rational question: Can we talk to the kids about my HIV diagnosis? And John Paul's response is: Our lives don't revolve around HIV. And I'm supposed to find the joy in that bullshit? I got to, you know, this show is determined to destroy John Paul's character for whatever reason. But I'm just, I'm just not here for it. And the same way I'm not here for Will on Days of Our Lives oh. cheating with a man, and then immediately after cheating with the man on his husband revealing that he had a husband and instead of talking about why he cheated giving an it gets better sermon it's cool to be gay it gets better but why did you cheat on your husband we ain't talking about all that that ain't gonna be an article okay so now you got Don Paul essentially doing the same goddamn shit okay kissing on a dude keeping a secret from his man giving it gets better sermon speeches HIV is cool you will be loved and supported just not by me don't kiss me you nasty motherfucker like I'll be I'll just I'll, I don't know what Hollywood is doing right now but it just it doesn't make any sense and I don't know why they're messing with John Paul like this he was just raped last year didn't report it for fucking nine months so we still mad at him over that bullshit okay he was being sexually you know touched inappropriately inappropriately by Lockie five minutes ago Lockie grabbed his ass two times in one episode the same ass that he was raped in and he has no reaction to that but hey let's be cute fun and fabulous and dress up as Spice Girls so you can be sexy with me again and now we got this you're kissing on Amanda Davis' husband and can't make time to listen to Steve, who is finally being rational, just say, hey, I want to talk with the diagnosis about the diagnosis with my kids. Our lives don't revolve around HIV. So this is what the young people watching Hollyoaks are getting when they tune in to see this epic story of power and impact with HIV. Our lives don't revolve around HIV. Okay. Like Kara said on Emmerdale, whatevs. <laughs> I'm over it, baby. That's all I got. <laughs> Shit. All right. What about uh, scenes of the week, Donna? What was well, your scene? My, of the week? my scenes of the week actually involve that, to be honest. But it's not John Paul's side, it's Steve's side. And I never thought I'd see the day where I'd go on a podcast and say, I enjoyed Steve the Steve more I than you, I enjoyed most of the most of the stuff in general. Yep, I hear you and, and I'm with all you. Because, and it's all because of that little girl he has. I am obsessed with little Leah Barnes. <laughs> yes, ma'am. He has HPV. <laughs> I'm like, that's the wrong... <laughs> but 
Daddy has HPV. <laughs> Dad does not have a venereal disease. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, like, there, and you actually heard the little boy who plays his son speak for the first time, really. And it's just like, he's not a bad little actor either. And you're just like watching this family bond over the fact that he had to go after John Paul was a little bitch and say what you said. Our lives don't revolve around this. And I'm like, Steve's life revolves around this. He has this in him for the rest of his life. And you're just walking around looking for a briefcase because you're late for work. He just wants to talk to his kids about him being sick. And he had to actually say something after Frankie being the little bitch that she is. Yeah, I said it. Called them dirty. I'm like, who are you to say squat about anybody's kids? Charlie ain't any of yours. Tom ain't any of yours. Can I ask, um, what do you call a woman who cheats on her husband of many years with a younger man? Named Ziggy. (laughs) How dirty is that? What do you call a woman who sleeps with said younger man in the morning and then returns to her husband's bed that night without saying a word? I'd call that dirty. We could just call her Christina Aguilera right now. I'm over, Frankie. Uh, but, but, I mean, that, those kids don't need to put up with any of that stuff. And he flat out came up and said, you guys, you need to stop being little, basically told them to quit being little shitheads. Sit down, I need to talk to you. And he's like, I'm ill. I may not look it, but what I have isn't isn't contagious. You won't ever know that I'm sick. You know, I just am feeling poorly right now. I've been to a doctor. And he's explaining everything the way of what eight-year-old. No, they're not even eight. Like, maybe six six or seven and what five some odd I don't know if they're both talking (laughs) but you're just sitting there and you're watching this poor guy explain to kids under the age of 10 that he has a disease that he's going to have for the rest of his life and his husband can't be there to support him, and he and he is battling on everything by himself because John Paul's a little bitch, and it makes me sad for Steve. Which again, I never thought I'd never ever say. At least you know, in this sort of instance, because, like I said. Those two seem to be the scapegoats of sadness. And and I'm kind of sick of it. And they just kind of need to stop and find somebody else to do that to. And they kind of seem to be doing that with Robbie right now a bit. So I'm 
mad about that, but at the same time, there's something new to be sad about, and John or John Paul needs a good punch in the face because he's going through all this alone, and it makes me mad. I do not disagree about that at all. Well, let's go ahead and keep talking about Mr. Robbie because that kind of feeds into my scene of the week, and that's Jason in treatment. I think that storyline has been excellent. Mm-hmm. I think they've done a great job. You know, it was even nice when they had Steve there a little while ago. But they've really been doing a great job with the treatment things. My only issue is, first of all, all right, brother who went to school for counseling got to clock that counselor. Now, Jack tells this counselor, "Bruh, I caught the kids burying food outside. They've been burying food." need to watch that and I, and then tells them later and I found some pills now this is an eating disorder clinic the eating disorder clinic counselor does not believe that the kids are stored away to food and then when the guy the same guy comes back and reports I'm do I, I caught them doing you know having diet pills He's not going to believe that either. Like, that was the most ridiculous thing. If you have a guy reporting to you two things that are truth, there's food that's there to be seen that was buried. Who did it? There's pills that he's showing you right there. How are you going to believe that a guy that was reporting those things to help those kids is the culprit in that situation? What what really irritates me about that, though, is the fact that they had to go before Leon did his, I'm going to have a heart attack by taking too many of them, saying that Jack, who's currently doing community service for having pills in his house, saying that he supplied them to him. Right, but even if that was the case, that's that's my whole point, you know, when someone comes to you with a valid concern as a counselor, you take it at face value. If somebody came to me and reported something that ended up being true, then came to me later that week and reported something else, I'm not going to think, you're lying. You know, if somebody came to me and said a student was raped on Tuesday and that ended up being true, if they came back to me and told me another student was being raped, I wouldn't say, you're lying, you're the rapist, let's send you to jail. Like, that's how I felt like Holly explained that. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. whatever, that was stupid. But, you know, I, I thought just um, Jason and his relationship with Leon and the way that he's describing his uh, image and how he's dealing with his disorder, I thought it was good. The first moment that really caught me was when Jason had drawn the picture mm-hmm. where he showed himself and how he sees himself in relation to the rest of the family. And I was just kind of like, oh, Jason, you're a cute little dude. Like you always say, you're a cute little dude. It's okay. You don't need to draw yourself all far away from your family. It's going to be okay. You're beautiful, damn it. <laughs> and I thought that was a, that was a, that was a nice little moment because, you know, I rode Hollyoaks hard when they had this little skinny guy in the I, mirror I- showing his, his body as to show how, uh, what's his name, saw his, how Jason saw his. But I just thought, you know, oh, you know, that was a I, yeah. good way of showing how he how he uh, saw himself in relation to the, the family. Go ahead, Boo. 
I was going to say, I about broke down in tears when Robbie came in and he ran in and gave him the big hug. I'm like, oh my God, this yes. is so it was good and I was a little mad over the potato chips thing at first the first time but you know towards the end when he kind of gently was like here you go and and Jason ate it I was happy because I felt like Robbie was doing a little bit too much channeling of Rick just before Joe beat that ass and accidentally killed him so you know I didn't I didn't know where they were going with having Robbie essentially morphed into Rick but yeah it was it was really cool the way uh, Jason and Robbie kind of connected and Robbie stopped being stupid and went to Nancy and told him how he was feeling and then you know she kind of got him going back to see Jason I thought that was nice but I think my favorite was uh, Jack talking to Jason about uh, what he was going through and trying to let him know hey you know I'm here for you and I want to help you and I want you to be okay I just felt like that was one of the yeah. touching moments of Hollyoaks and Hollyoaks doesn't do that too often they're usually no. doing some ridiculous shit but just the you know the nice the when when you get past the couple ridiculous things that happened in the copycat nature of the untreatment thing just the way mm -hmm. Hollyoaks showed how an individual with an eating disorder sees themselves relates to their family relates to friends I thought they did a great job with it so I celebrate oh, wow. Hollyoaks for that yeah, scene of the week Alibut Square and EastEnders. So let's go ahead and get into the what the hells. What do EastEnders do to make you say, what the hell? I've liked Charlie Cotton from the minute he stepped on the screen. I thought he was a great dude. But the fact that he had to go and get himself arrested after all the nonsense they pulled to try to not get him arrested was kind of ridiculous. To me, it makes sense that Charlie was dumb enough to turn himself uh, into the cops because his uh, grandmama did the same damn thing. So, like grandmama, like grandson, both dummies. Didn't make any damn sense whatsoever, baby. Well, let me jump to my uh, my what the hell. My what the hell is Lola. Lola up here front and like, she don't like Jay. I'm like, hold up. A couple months ago, I was so happy because you finally got my boy uh, Dexter and my boy Jay acknowledging that they got feelings for Lola. And I thought we was going to get a good storyline where you got Dexter and Jay fighting over Lola. But then Dexter announced he leaving the show. So now he gone. So now Abby up here moved into the house with her ex-man and her new man. Jay feeling a little bit jealous because Abby's messing around with a gay dude and it's crazy mm -hmm. when he loves her. And so, what's he do? He's like, Shh, forget this. He has a, I don't remember who talked to him about getting out there. I think it was Sharon was talking to him about, boy, you cute. Go get you another woman. So he goes and he gets Lola. And I'm like, yes, finally, we can start this Lola and Jay thing. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be fabulous. So Jay admits it, you know. Lola's feeling like, oh, you just got me to make Abby jealous. And he's like, nah, I got you to come out because I like you. And he goes in for a kiss. And what you doing, isn't it? <laughs> like, I'm trying to kiss you. I don't like you like that. And I'm like, really, Lola? You don't like Jay like that. For real. 
Are you black too, girl? Is, is your skin black too? Okay, is the sky purple? When it's not a sunset out? I mean, what? It, I mean, it just didn't make any sense. I'm like, what are you, why, why do you not like, when did that happen? Because it's been about you and Jay forever. So now that you got a shot, you don't like it. Okay. I was just like, no. That not make any damn sense. It was stupid. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I agree. So maybe she'll change her mind next week, but I was just like, girl, I just stop it, <laughs> stop it. All right. And what about your scene of the week, baby? What did EastEnders give you for your scenes of the week? Since I'm betting you're gonna take the Kim stuff, I'll take the Carter stuff. <laughs> you know me so well. <laughs> <laughs> because I thought they were both fantastic. I think that uh, I think that Nancy's inner inner thoughts and the dilemma of having to tell uh, Linda about what happened and why there was gas smelling in the back room and and everything and then Nancy gonna go and tell Shirley what she knows and has an epilepsy fit and it's just like that that I I love her so hard in the face. And they don't. And I love that they're giving her more to do to make her seem like she's actually a girl and not a strong. Like she has like that strong, you know, she has that strong meekness about her rather than the girly Lindaness. And they kind of showed the scared girlish side of her a bit this past couple weeks that kind of makes me really happy and it showed her inner you know freak outness about everything and how she was there when Nick may have killed him and how she's freaking out and how her brain is you know working to try to get her head around it and everybody in the family are having their own little thing and you have Shirley freaking out because the cops came in and said that they may have found Dean and Nancy went with her to the hospital and it was just like I hope this girl gets an award I hope that takes a place Nancy Carter gets an award (laughs) because she did really good stuff this time about and I really 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 enjoyed it (laughs) now you know she already did win an award this year don't you baby I didn't yes let me see I I have to find it but she did win an award I can't remember if it was best actress or best newcomer or something like that but on one of the soap awards that aired maybe it was inside soaps in January or something before then she did she was one of the people that won the award so I was happy with that because I've liked her since the jump I some people be hating on her but I think she's fantastic you know I like, loved her getting married in her in her okay. basketball you know what I'm saying she, she has flavor and I like that you know she has some gangster girl swag she got some ethnic swag to her and I like it I think it's cool you know you used to see people like her like fat boy like Dexter, you know, that act like, you know, minorities act, that talk like minorities act. That's real, you know, and when I say minority, I'm not just talking skin color. It's white mm-hmm. folks that grow grow up around people that, you know, that's just their hood. That's just how people act. That's just how they grow up. And so it's cool seeing Nancy, like 
I feel like with all the Carters, they all have very distinct and different personalities, but mm-hmm. they they uh, mesh together as a family, and I really like that, you know. And I'm going to co-sign everything you just said about her. What I like about uh, Miss Nancy is she consistently keeps the family honest when uh, she was just like, I think it was Linda's rape. So Linda was being weird about the rape and Mick knew and she's just like, something's going on here and I'm not just going to be sitting up here, you know, like ain't nothing going on. Like she makes sure that that family is keeping it real. And she did in this situation. She told Linda because Mick being a little bit too shady with his damn answers, you know, so she told Linda what was up. And then I think she the one that told Grandma what had happened when uh, they was trying mm-hmm. to keep that quiet. And she wants to tell Shirley. Eastenders tried to pull a, a, a another uh, Patrick and Ian moment because old girl went to go tell uh, Shirley that good, good. And then just like when Patrick was running to get the niece at the cab, he had a stroke. She done had a seizure. And what she do? She wake up the next day. Don't think this means I ain't about to go tell Shirley. <laughs> I said, all right, Heifer, you keep it gangster dancing. So I love that about her. She keeps the family honest. And nobody seems mad at her for that. You know, and I feel like that's real because she's keeping it 100. She's being honest and she's getting <laughs> you, the truth you, out there. You watch Larry Wilmore too. Yes, baby, but keeping it keeping it 100 is a black thing, baby. Larry Wilmore did not create that and the way he uses it is stupid any damn way because he he says that you're not keeping it 100 if you take longer than half a second to think of an answer. He, he ain't <laughs> doing keeping it 100 right. So I'm mad with Larry. I could talk about that for three hours, but I ain't. <laughs> His you show is some weak tea. I'm mad at that. <laughs> but anyway, Nancy keeps it 100 in a good way <laughs> so yes i love her i love her i love her and you already know you already do my scene of the week my diva of the week is kim fox first scene of the week was denise and kim making up because I, I was i was glad and understood kim being mad last time i celebrated that last time but i, I only got so much patience for my girl being mad with her sister so you know i appreciate it when the week started you know sister was still not having none of kim none of denise's bullshit but you know denise you know was you know really apologizing really therefore i'm gonna do what i can for you i'm gonna do what i can for the baby and kim kind of like all right, then, girl. <laughs> we can be cool again. And Denise said, to her, she was like, you know, when I was doing all that stuff, I was just giving you practice for when Pearl gets older. <laughs> I just thought, I thought it was too cute, you know. And uh, Tamika Empson, if I'm saying her name right, who plays Kim again. She's another one of those actresses like uh, Alec, uh, like Alfie Moon, the guy who plays him, is an actor where usually it's all about the comedy. Right, yeah. but then East Enders flips it and shows you they can be dramatic as well. You know, mm-hmm. Kim got me thinking about how much I didn't care about Maxine on how the else worried about her premature baby. I didn't care, but Kim and her concerns about her premature child I mean that had me I was like ooh every time she was looking into the 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 box and staring at her baby yeah I, I could just feel her pain you know and every time she was talking about you know she felt like you know the premature birth was a curse from God because she asked God to prove his existence and he didn't until that moment 
and I was like, oh, baby, I'm like, God ain't after you, baby, <laughs> shit, that's just what happens in life, I'm so fast, I for you, <laughs> like, she really made me feel her pain, you know, she's really worried about that child, she really loves that child, she was like, you know, and I feel like part of her was speaking as a woman who's a brand new mother, you know, when she said, you know, I used to think I know what love was, but I didn't until I had this child. I was just like, whew, you know, that's some that's some goosebumps kind of stuff right there, you know. But then at a certain point, you know, she was frustrated too. She'd been in that hospital. He'd been staring at the baby. She was going crazy. She's like, God damn it, I need to get up out of here. And what does sister girl do? She goes and hooks up with my other girl who is having a mama day from hell. She goes and hooks up with Cat Mood. And that is just the perfect combination. Cat can't get no goddamn babysitters. She got to keep on leaving the stall to uh, see about her babies. Alfie ass is out in the boonies somewhere. Can't see the baby. Uh... Stacy got a job. She can't watch the babies. Mo got a date. She ain't got time to be saddled with them babies. And so what happened? Now she got her babies up in, up in the damn pub, running them up, crying and shit. And her and Kim up there getting drunk as a damn skunk. <laughs> and, then, and then it's fantastic. And that morphs into one of the best episodes I feel like EastEnders has given us in a while, the ladies' night, where you've got, you know, bomb-ass actresses, you know, you got Kim, you got Kat, you got uh, Linda, all you needed to complete that commercial was uh, Sharon <laughs> to be up in there, Sharon who had a, a kick-ass scene with uh, Shirley, that previous mm-hmm. episode, ooh, that coffee with, with Shirley was so good, you know, Sharon's like, you know, I can't help your ass if you keep on running every goddamn time, you got a problem, and then Shirley's like, Two coffees then. She's fan. <laughs> it, was just, it was just fantastic. But you got all these powerhouse women, you know, just talking about the ins and outs of motherhood and parenting and talking about real shit, you know. Linda's up there talking to a uh, cat like, girl, oh, you was a single mother, huh? You know, she was, uh, you had the, your first baby when she was, you was a teen? Mm-hmm. I guess the daddy didn't stick around, did he? And then <laughs> Linda's finding out, well, the daddy is the uncle who raped her. Yeah, that was real shit. <laughs> and it was just, it was, oh, it was so, so good. I saw some people was hating on Lee and, um, Whitney as the, the you know the other couple in the relationship. I love them. I think they're great. And I like the little scene together too. So I thought the whole episode was just perfection. So you got, you know, Kim struggling to be a mother, talking to a, a bunch of mothers to figure out, you know, how she can be the best Bob that she could be. And I think there's that there's that one little exchange that had uh, all four of the women included. It started with Kim and Kim was like, uh, what if I'm a terrible mom? And Kat's like, you won't be. And Shirley says, she might be. <laughs> like, oh my God. It was just excellent, you know. EastEnders has so many talented women on their canvas. And the fact that they... I was, Go ahead, baby. <laughs> I, was, I think my favorite part during that entire thing was when she left and she came back with a cat. And she was trying to put it together with Patrick, trying to hold it up. And I'm like, I, I, are you serious right now? And then she's like, 
Oh, I can't put this damn thing together. You need help putting that together. Give me the screwdriver and you look at her and she's looking at her with this look out here. Like, what the hell is a screwdriver? The long, skinny thing. <laughs> and I just giggled a little bit. They put the cat together and it was like an awesome family moment. <laughs> the best part, I think, was once the cop was put together, Patrick was like, how y'all oh, gonna get that upstairs? upstairs. <laughs> 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 it was hilarious, yes. Kim Fox's return has been long overdue. Now that she's back in the mix, she is already knocking it out of the park. Paired, pairing her up with some of the strongest women on the show for, you know, gossiping about motherhood and clowning Linda Carter and getting drunk with Cat Moon. I mean, it was just fantastic. to Emmerdale. Yes, we do. Because it was good over these past couple weeks, goddammit. So let's go ahead and talk about um, yeah, let's switch it up. Let's do scene of the week first on this. What was your scene of the week for Emmerdale? I have to say probably the best scene that I saw and I'm not laughing because you know it was actually some pretty pretty sad stuff was when Finn and his mom their Emma walked to the bed and breakfast and saw that after you know days of uh, Val being sicker than a dog and nobody actually giving two shits about it. She went, oh, it felt the fluff. Hold out. I'm like, well, that, because I knew she was going to get sick. I saw something on Twitter that says Val's going to have a health crisis. And I'm like, no, away with you. <laughs> You're, you're just sitting there and you're watching this poor woman basically dying and nobody's giving two craps about it until she falls unconscious to the floor when nobody's there and Finn and Emma have to walk in and find her. And it's just like, oh, great. There you go, Eric. Now you realize that something is wrong with your wife and now you jump in the ambulance with her. Finn and Emma should have been in the back of that damn ambulance. Ask me. I understand that he is all brought or pulled up in David and Alicia's stuff, but I, I, he should have noticed that there was something wrong. And now that he does know that something wrong, his reactions and everything is what really made in my mind, Val kind of uh, unceremonious fall down. One of my scenes of the week, or my kind of bigger scene of the week, because now we get to see the repercussions of what happens afterwards with what happens when you get really sick during an HIV, or, or what happens when an HIV patient gets 
massively sick with something like pneumonia or something, we get to see how these guys actually play it out. I kind of don't want to see what they're going to do with Stee if he gets massively sick because they might screw it up. (laughs) Actually, they probably will screw it up. But, you know, I kind of want to see what Emmerdale does with it because they kind of introduced her storyline of the HIV better than... Hollyoaks did in some respects with Stee because Val didn't try to murder the person that gave her HIV <laughs> after the yeah. fact, you know. You know, so yeah, I hear you on that one, baby. <laughs> you know, I agree. Well, something else that I feel that Emmerdale did better than Hollyoaks was the entire sexual assault arc with Alicia. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Not the assault, of course, but the way the story played out was perfection. For all these motherfuckers out here, that is all. These soaps have to drag out the story. Because if you don't drag out the story, there is no drama. Emmerdale was like, fuck you. Let me show you how this shit is done. Lachlan assaulted Alicia on Thursday. I think by the end of that episode, by the end of that Thursday episode, Sister Girl had already been to the police, had her rape exam, told her sister, okay, and the drama wasn't gone, because then she had to tell David as well, so she told David, had to come back, tell her child, people in the village to find out, because the popos done gone to Lachlan's house while Nicholas Big Mouth is there, and found out what's going on. You got... Chrissy being ridiculous and not wanting to believe it. So she's out in the streets calling Alicia a pedophile. And so now you've got two branches of Emmerdale. You've got, well, one branch, Georgia, that's believing that, you know, uh, Alicia's in the wrong and is a pedophile. And then you have everybody else, the intelligent people, who are like, something wrong with that weird ass kid and that's that's Alicia didn't deserve that and shunning the family and that was all in a span of a week mm-hmm. it was powerful it was excellent there was no bullshit there was no Alicia going to jail for hitting uh Belle okay let's say Belle is Belle is his best friend so Alicia didn't slap Belle and then get sent to jail again for four months before we got the reveal of what the fuck happened. It was excellent. And I applaud Emmerdale for, first of all, the immediate report. Okay, I think that is fantastic. We got Hollyoaks with, you know, John Paul reporting, starting the rape exam, and then not finishing. So that irritated me. You had Linda, who did take a little time to report, but I feel like EastEnders did a great job with showing the emotions that go into individuals that don't report. So I give them a pass there. But Alicia, boom, she was at that, she was at the the police station because she went to see Layla. And Layla was like, did he rape you? He sexually assaulted you. We go into the police. And it was done. Perfection. I loved it. Because that story needs to be told. I'm tired of soap operas, you know, making it seem like nobody goes and reports rape. Everybody's so damn scared to report rape. So I believe. I believe the immediate report was as powerful as the cops coming back and saying there wasn't enough evidence for them to do anything. 
because I feel like that's real too. I feel like it's bullshit. Lindsay, now you watch more of these CSI shows than me. Don't, when you oh, watch yeah. that shit, don't you like leave your DNA like everywhere? Uh, yeah. So I don't know how <laughs> they could have tested, you know, the area that uh, what's his face assaulted found his DNA there, had the lady saying that she was assaulted, and them believing that he was, she was his girlfriend because she told him she would keep a purse on the day that she was assaulted, and uh, he said that was his girlfriend. Like, even the way he described the situation sounded fucked up, you Mm -hmm. know? Uh, So, I don't know how the police could think that made sense or given what had to be a very detailed account from Alicia, you know, about what happened, that it was completely plausible that he didn't take advantage of a woman who was so drunk. I mean, her sister would have had to testified about how drunk she was. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I, I know it was suspension of disbelief, but you know, I feel like it was it was a good point that the cops fuck up sometimes too. Even if you report immediately, the cops fuck up, but then they reinforce that that doesn't mean you shouldn't report. You know, because Alicia did not feel like she did the wrong thing until those cops said that they didn't report the shit or they couldn't do anything, and then she felt like, oh well, maybe I let let him on if the police didn't believe me. Maybe I really fucked up. And I think that was a powerful, powerful message uh, to put out there. Just as powerful as well as Layla and David, their unwavering support. They didn't doubt her at all. Layla was in the streets trying to fight. She slapped the shit out of George. I think it was her. (laughs) Oh, oh. Okay, Mm. for running her fucking mouth in the pub like she knew uh, Alicia's business. Up there talking about the way that goddamn girl dressed. And a woman at that criticizing the way another woman dressed as if she was responsible for a kid sexually assaulted her and Layla rightfully slapped the shit out of her and then uh, what's her name came up uh, Diane came up and was like I should call the police but I'm not because your ass was hot order you know, just, uh, fantastic because the support needs to be behind the victim you know and when Alicia was tripping trying to throw out her clothes and feeling like she was doing something wrong Layla was just like uh uh-uh, uh you did nothing wrong and you do not change who you are because some kid took advantage of you i loved it and, and alicia was already growing in strength and was back in, in in into herself before the week was out you know and david david usually works my last nerve but when mm-hmm. david told that motherfucker you stay away from my wife i was like yes sir <laughs> you get it and when he was ready to go beat that ass once he found out what old dude it did and you know stood there and supported his woman and let her know you did nothing wrong this is not your fault powerful perfect exactly what should have been done perfection and then Emmerdale even is weaving history into this shit I completely forgot about Lisa's rape I completely forgot and I I love that storyline because it, it angered me so much because the guy that raped Lisa I thought was a nice guy and mm-hmm. I was so mad that he put Lisa through that and what happens Lisa finds out goes straight to Alicia to talk to her to let her know she's been through what Alicia's been through and she understands and it was just just so damn heartbreaking and good and then Lisa runs into Chrissy in the streets 
And Chrissy's trying to talk and be like, oh, buddy, buddy, and shit. And she's like, look here, you keep your little weird-ass child away from me and my my daughter, and you keep him 100 feet away from me at all times. And Chrissy is like, w he didn't do anything wrong. And she's like, you should be ashamed of yourself. You know damn well what your child did. It was completely ridiculous. And it, who sees those two arguing in the streets but Carrie, who I cannot stand. But even Carrie was up there spitting the truth because Chrissy's out here yelling, my son shouldn't be treated like some. And Carrie said, massive perverts. I was like, yes. the Jordy accent that makes me smile. I love the Jordy accent. It was so fantastic. It was fantastic. And then Chrissy's like, he did nothing wrong. And Carrie's like, what else? And then she just walks on. You know, and Lisa tells her. She's like, you know. She, but she, she said something to the effect of, you know, you should really be ashamed of who you are as a woman and as a mother, but given that you're standing up here trying to defend your son and what he did, I already know everything I need to know about the type of person you are. And then she walked away. I was like, whoo, Emmerdale was, uh, so much truth was being spit about the situation. And I loved it. Short amount of time. It's still going because the shit is not resolved right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But they showed you do not just like they and this is consistent with Emmerdale they did it when they thought Finn was raped we got a powerful little episode there they did it when Andy ran into that woman in the medical center who was obviously being physically abused by her husband we got a moment of power there Emmerdale mm -hmm. proves positive you don't have to drag shit out for 300,000 goddamn years in order to make the power of assaults of abuse known and I think fantastic scene that's the best thing i have seen them do all year mm -hmm. completely well, three months you know yeah. i love it love it love it love it <laughs> yes what did you think about that baby i i, I kind of liked it too i was kind of shocked when i saw that somebody was sexually assaulted because i think it was you i was looking through my twitter i do that every morning and another sexual assault and I read up, oh man, at least I got sexually assaulted. Mm -hmm. And I went through and I watched Hollyoaks first and I'm like, oh, now I have to go watch another physical assault. Yes. And and I went through and I watched it. I was like, you know what? This is the smartest one that I've seen. Yeah. They went through and did everything within an hour long episode that needed to be done. They did the actual, you know, they did everything leading up to it with her pre-birthday bash. They did the act itself, and they did the aftermath and what she had to do, and she told Layla, and it was just like, hey. And she went to the police, whether they gave her the not enough evidence and him against her talk, that's fine too, but they did it all right, and I still want to give Georgia another nose job. I agree <laughs> with that. And real quick, I want to celebrate even the way that they had the assault committed. Because when I heard about it, I came across it. I think somebody posted about it on Tumblr, and I was like, oh, no, not Alicia. But I thought it was going to be a, you know, rape that was standard penetration of a uh 
woman, you know, penis to vagina. That's what I was expecting to say. Yeah, you weren't expecting the fingers. You know, but uh, I thought that was a good message to send because rape is, or sexual assault, which is what they called it, and it's it's, it's the perfect phrasing. Sexual assault does not only involve the penetration of one sex organ into another. And I think that's a very important message for them to um, to have sent because that's true you know you may have you know I'm sure it's more grown people to watch Emmerdale but you may have people that watch that think oh well if he just fingered me that's not rape no that's still sexual assault and you need to report that because that's inappropriate you know I feel like people can really be manipulated into believing those types of things and I think you know Emmerdale played it excellently and showed you know why it was inappropriate and uh, I just hats off. I, everything that I've been disliking, and uh, well, everything that ninety nine percent of the things that I dislike about how Hollyoaks handled it, Emmerdale did to perfection. You know, and so yeah, I loved it. Thought it was excellent. Yes. All right. Well, I'm gonna switch to my scene. What my what the hell? Because it's still along these lines, and it was just Chrissy and they broke Lawrence into this as well supporting mm. Lachlan when they knew damn well he was inappropriate with other girls. Like, that was the ridiculous thing to me, you know. Lawrence trying to pay off Alicia and David, which I was like, bruh, why? And then Chrissy, even though you, you can tell she she knows that this boy is wrong, and she knows what he did is wrong, but she is refusing to acknowledgement because like, she thinks that's being a good mother. Uh, baby, I don't know what the hell, but um, yeah, that oh, that got on my last nerves. <laughs> so yes, what about you? What would you what the hell? Anything having to do with Jay and his Archie? Oh, and Megan's Archie. Did you hear my Archie? He's not my Archie. What if I don't love my Archie? Am I supposed to tell you he's not my Archie? I'm like, oh god, now Megan has it too. I want Rachel to stay, and they're making it really hard for not. <laughs> All right. And, baby, now, who did you pick for your fucking uh, best character of the weeks? Here's the character. There's, there's no... There, I think the second time in the, the, or in the past few weeks that I picked her based purely on her reactions about what Mick did and what she may have had helped in without actually meaning to. So and and the moving of the body, so to speak, if he didn't just walk out of there, which I doubt he did. And, and she's just a perfect human being. I, I just can't not like her right now. <laughs> You know I love me some Nancy, but I am going to have to give this one to an Emmerdale diva. Oh, and please that's tell my me girl. Not Terry. No, child. It's my girl Nicola. Oh, Nicola God, was perfection Nicola over these past weeks. couple weeks. That poor darling is just going through 
um, so much right now. You know, the poor darling, you know, she's already dealing with, you know, aging, you know, uh, menopause and, you know, the, you know, thought that, you know, she may not be a mother. And so she was feeling, you know, really strongly about that. You know, she's already feeling older, so it didn't help when she went out to dinner at Jimmy and she thought Hot Boy was checking her out. And he pops up to her and says, you know, oh, you just remind me of my mama. So the poor baby is heartbroken because of that. And then she tries to do a nice thing. You know, she tries to uh, take um, Priya's daughter for a little walk so, you know, her mama can get pampered or, or whatever and the baby can settle down. Then James locks her ass in the barn overnight. And then the whole town decides that she has kidnapped Priya's <laughs> child, which is a throwback to history because, you know, Nicholas snatched Jimmy's son, but that was to protect Jimmy. You know, Jimmy didn't want to get rid of that baby, so she was trying to protect the baby. So, and that comes out, that poor darling. And on top of, you know, what happened my first week watching Emmerdale, Nicola biting the child. I can't remember. It was, it, I think it was Bob's daughter, one of them kids, but biting the child back that uh, bit Nicholas' kid. I remember that was my first week watching the show. So though that bit of history was used against her and got her poor ass locked up. And then she comes home and finds out that her family and her friends did not have enough faith in who she was as a woman to fight for her and recognize that she would never do that. And she was so enraged by that. She was done with Jimmy. She was going to end her marriage. And I, I felt her. I, just, mm -hmm. I, whew, I thought it was so good. Because, you know, Nicola, she, she's a lot like me. <laughs> I feel like she's a lot like me, you know. People look at her, they feel like she's a bitch. But there is a depth to that woman that people mm -hmm. don't always recognize. And I love how this production team of Emmerdale realizes that and is celebrating that and is showing uh, that, you know, through her through her storyline. So I love, uh, Nicola was perfection. I love that story. So yeah, she was hands down, even though I saw Alicia's stuff and I was like, ooh, Alicia, girl, you good, but you know what? I'm still going with my girl Nicola for <laughs> the fucking best. She was excellent. <laughs> Just excellent. All right. And with that, uh, go ahead on and tell the good people where to find you online, Miss Lindsay. Well, I'm Lindsay Amanda, L-Y-N-D-S-I, Amanda, at both Twitter and Tumblr, if you want to follow me there. I am at Brother Soap. <laughs> on the Twitters and uh, we, we tumble on uh, britishsoapodcast.tumblr.com uh, so um, let me say on my standard spiel so if you watch the American and British stories check out our sister show Soap Smack Talk starring Dime Divas AJ and Mathra I'm still behind as fuck on that shit because I still ain't been watching the hospital on the regular so I don't know what's going on but <laughs> check it out if you love it if you like it I love it yeah, <laughs> I, I'm in the same boat I'm like two and a half months behind that real big. I'm with you <laughs> so okay now there is a new podcast that I want to spotlight because Ooh. I have fallen in love with it over the past month or so, and it is the Exploding Dinosaur Podcast. So there is this guy, his name is Josh uh, Walthall, or Walthall, I don't know how to fucking say it, <laughs> but him and his homeboy, 
they see money, I'm fucking it up, I know. But they uh, do a podcast which is called Exploding Dinosaur. And what they do is they take uh, current events and they have a slant towards things that uh, typically involve things like philosophy, religion, uh, gay, transgender, uh, rights, and they also talk things like uh, comics and TV shows and things like that. And they do their weekly take on uh, kind of what's going on and give their opinions about a lot of things. And those motherfuckers are funny as hell. I love them. Just to give you a taste of the most recent uh, episode uh, on the Exploding Dinosaur, they talked about uh, how uh, people are walking dead. Uh, fans of Walking Dead were tripping over a gay kiss when they have zombies on that motherfucker getting slashed up, shown in a well, infected the, the drinking water. Like, that shit is cool, but a gay kiss is crazy as hell. They talked about how people in Ho were going to a Krispy Kreme. Wait, there was some, some event in Ho in the UK where the event, it was a Krispy Kreme, but the Acronym for the event was KKK. And they were like, now see, in the United States, that would be a non-starter. But because it's the UK, they approved it. <laughs> and they kind of talked about what happened there. And then they pointed out something that I didn't know. So, baby, you know we got Scooby-Doo right here in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. So apparently they show Scooby-Doo in the UK as well, but they changed the main character's name. You know Shaggy, who we have here? Uh-huh. They don't call Shaggy Shaggy in the UK because that would be like calling him Fucky. <laughs> <laughs> So Shaggy has a new name. I did not know this. <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> so, yes, I have been obsessed with Exploding Dinosaur for uh, the past couple of months. And they have a fabulous, the, uh, one of the guys, uh, he is an uh, uh, artist. And so he does weekly comics. And all the comics are excellent. Y'all can log on to ExplodingDinosaur.com and check them out. He does comics every Wednesday. You can get through them in like half an hour, just flipping through them. And it's, it's great. Uh, and the podcast is found either at explodingdinosaur.com they are also on twitter at explodino e-x-p-l-o-d-i-n-o i know most of y'all listen on tumblr they don't seem to be on tumblr yet so i may pimp a couple of their little posts on tumblr to get them some love but y'all check them out they're funny as hell they also are like another sh- uh, podcast i know some of you have contacted me and told me you listen to Throwing Shade podcast, which is Aaron Gibson and Brian Safi tackling the issues that affect uh, gay men and straight women uh, every week. Exploding Dinosaurs is kind of like that, but it's got a bi dude and a straight dude, and it's really good. So, yes. Throwing Shade, I'll give some love to that. I love that show, although I met the two of them in person, and I was upset. I was trying to tell them, thank you for coming to Austin and doing the show, and they just had me take a picture, and they ran on and didn't even answer acknowledge me and I felt sad but throwing shade is still a good podcast <laughs> and the exploding dinosaur is too so y'all check that shit out cause it's good and we need to support our podcast peeps <laughs> alright and for us now uh, if you want to subscribe to us on the iTunes search for British So Podcast or click the subscribe link at UK So Podcast on Twitter you can also find us on Tumblr at British So Podcast where I want y'all to continue to ask us shit 
Thank you, Miss Misty. Thank you, Miss Lauren, for giving us questions every week. Y'all keep on giving them every single time we do the show, babies. We love y'all. Thank you for it. <laughs> if some of y'all new folks on the list that want to come and ask us some shit, hit us up on the Tumblr. Shoot me an ask on the Twitters, and uh, we will talk about it on the next show. Um, we're going to go ahead on and get to recording our after show British Soap podcast later right now. And that'll be up next week for y'all at 6 o'clock. And we're going to do a special later show for those those of you who listen or watch uh, Banana and Cucumber, me and Miss Lindsay are going to do a later devoted to that fabulous series. So it won't be the mm-hmm. next later, but it'll be after after the so after the next show, we're going to do a Cucumber Banana later. So those of you guys who like that, uh, y'all can tune in and check it out. So that, I'll leave anything out, baby girl. I don't think so. I think you got everything. All right, then. Well, I guess I will say... Thank you guys all very much for listening. Uh, And until next time, bye.